0: This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Episode 22, Business Failures. Regarding the light bulb, Thomas Edison is paraphrased as saying, I have not failed. I have simply found 10,000 possibilities that do not work. Peter and Adam share in ways that they have failed in business, but not quit.
1: Good afternoon, Peter. We're going to talk about a couple things today and one of those being the experiences of of having failed businesses for the benefit of people so that they don't have to make the same mistakes that we did <laughs> and and I think it's funny that when I when I asked you about the particular business I don't wouldn't say it failed I don't know that it failed but you stopped doing it <laughs> it failed. <laughs> it failed. Uh, oh, it but, failed. <laughs> I, but but I brought up the topic and uh you didn't respond to me for two days because you didn't want to uh, have that conversation with you thought with somebody else. Uh, I was <laughs> of... that
2: traumatized by
1: my failure experience that I just
2: could not bear to go into it again without significant <laughs> mental fortification.
1: So you've had 36 hours now to uh, <laughs> to dredge up the, uh, <laughs> the oh, swill. Boy. Uh, oh boy, yes. The, the uh the grounds of (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah i see where you're going with that and our uh, listeners will in a moment too yeah so so you wanted to talk about business failures Mm -hmm. and and i could probably expound on that for a while just on failure in general too yeah but we'll try to stay on topic today yeah (laughs) um so, yeah, you mentioned that. And uh, so on my phone, I got an iOS notification that Adam asked me uh, if I would like to talk about my experience with a coffee shop or starting. I forget exactly what you said, <laughs> how you how you worded it. But I thought you were a different Adam who generally messages me on Facebook. And I didn't look closely enough at the phone. All I noticed was Adam sent me a message asking about starting a coffee shop. Well my other friend Adam is like a serial entrepreneur and he's experimenting with different things and he likes to start up new little businesses mm-hmm. and I just did not have it in me to, to get into a long discussion when all I wanted to say was, no, <laughs> yeah. don't do it, run away. <laughs> And then I noticed that about a day later, I opened up uh, Facebook Messenger and I didn't see any messages from that Adam. And then I was like, "Wait a minute, what?" And I looked and I saw, "Oh, it was Adam Bell asking about talking about this for the podcast." Okay, I suppose I can tell other people. No, don't do it. Run
1: away. And then you can oh. then you can send the podcast to the other Adam so he can hear. Exactly. I will just send him a link via Facebook Messenger. Perfect. It's a preemptive strike.
2: <laughs> bingo, bingo, yeah. So yeah, I did. Um, I, I have I have had my fingers involved in a number of businesses. Um, you know, some of which I have owned. In addition to my current consulting practice, uh, I owned a software development company. I owned the coffee shop slash restaurant. And I've also served as a uh, you know, member of a board of directors and uh, you know, officer for uh, a couple of nonprofits. So I've had my fingers in you know, several different organizations. And um, yeah, when it comes to the, the coffee shop, that was a pretty spectacular failure <laughs> for a couple of reasons, a couple of big reasons. One was... I made, and this was terrible because I I should have known this, but I made the classic blunder of establishing a product before determining the market.
1: Oh, no.
2: (laughs) You know, or as they say in real estate, location, location, location. (laughs) Yeah. Had a
1: great coffee shop.
2: I did have a little, you know, trouble finding talent. But uh, frankly, had that coffee shop been somewhere other than my sleepy little hometown of Bethel where people couldn't really tell the difference between an espresso and dishwater, I probably would have succeeded better, you know, had had more success Mm -hmm. somewhere else. Um, So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I owned the building. I had the space. It was a really great space. And uh, I liked coffee shops, so I decided I would give it a shot, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was one of the reasons. Uh, I, I also, you know, I, I was given a bunch of information uh, by my girlfriend at the time that I just accepted, and like I gotta say, her numbers, you know, I guess I found out later, math was really not her strong point. <laughs> So, you know, her calculations based on what we would need to make break even, yeah, not even close. (laughs) And then the the final, you know, thing that was the nail in the coffin that really should have deterred me from going forward and getting into it all the way to begin with was uh, the regulations uh, that we needed to comply with for fire safety and Americans with Disability Act.
1: Oh, man. Okay.
2: And so we had this, you know, had this building. It was commercial mixed use. Uh, but uh, basically, after months of going back and forth with the fire marshal, we had to put in a sprinkler system in this like five or six thousand square foot building. Oh. And all of the work that was needed to do the renovations, the compliance there, um, making everything handicapped accessible and stuff, really drained my operating budget prematurely yeah and in hindsight looking back at that I should have just said you know what this is just not going to work but you know I had that whole no no we can't stop we have to we're going to make this happen this is you know we got to keep pressing forward we got to go uh-huh and boy, that was dumb. You know, I should have just looked at it and said, "You know what? There's too much, too much uh, inertia here that I, I can't overcome." So, uh, but, you, but, but we didn't.
1: You do have a good sprinkler system now, though.
2: Oh, that building is fireproof, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that, those were a number of uh, reasons that you know that it died. We thought that we would get more business from the. Um, Uh, the law school in the neighboring town. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were probably most of our business on any given day, but not enough to make it float. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, Also, you know, I had my ideas. I had, uh, you know, visions of how I wanted things running. I just was not able to convey those to the people who I was able to hire. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, finding staff who are, like, qualified to do what I thought was simple things like, you know, prepare food properly and stuff and, you know, coming up with, like, all the procedures needed for stuff. As someone who had grown up in restaurants and catering jobs with his parents where almost everything was done, you know, by the seat of your pants and maybe, you know, with some checklists. Mm Mm-hmm. Um having actual procedures and policies and how to's and things like that in a coffee <laughs> shop was not something I I just didn't think it was necessary. I'm like, hey, yeah. like, what do you mean you don't know how to measure that out? Or can't you just tell by looking at that plate that it's not right? You know? Yeah. Or, or no, that's not how you slice a tomato. Uh, you know, just, just lots of things like that that I just took for granted because mm-hmm. I was surrounded by this when I grew up. And it was like, you know, it's it's just like, well, well, what do you mean? Of course, doesn't everybody know that? No, apparently everybody doesn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So that was a real eye-opening experience. So, um, yeah, I had the coffee shop, ran it for about a year and a half, When I was working it and I was actually like working the counter and I was acting as the barista and, you know, slinging espressos and stuff, Mm -hmm. I loved it. I loved the customer interaction. I liked the pace. It was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. But, uh, what it boils down to is uh, probably my most expensive or second most expensive hobby
1: ever.
2: Because <laughs> I don't know if you rack up how much time and energy and money I've put into martial arts over the years, that, that, that might you know rival what I've spent on uh, on this little venture. Mm-hmm. But you know I forget what the exact numbers are, but statistically, a gross majority of new businesses fail. Mm-hmm. And out of those those in the food service industry are like astronomically ahead of those in failure rates too yeah so you know i I, I picked a winner man, you know it's <laughs> like. Oh yeah so that was um, that was my biggest uh, biggest business failure and you know hey I learned a lot like I will never go through great lengths to establish new products before determining that there is a market <laughs> beforehand again uh-huh lesson learned thank you very much
1: well and and so I so I wrote down some are the reasons that you had trouble mm-hmm. and and really all of them were either, Lack of information or poor information. Yep. You yep. know, had One you a we,
2: we had a common teacher in marketing and her teacher likes to say the most expensive information is bad information <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and i have a lot of bad information <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah well Dave Ramsey, uh, I used to listen to him a ton. I still listen to him, but you know, he does an entree leadership uh, course. And one of the things he talks about is businesses uh that that fail and he says typically a business uh a an entrepreneur will essentially have about 10 failed businesses before they ever have a hit. And you you know,
2: yeah, we mentioned that in our uh, in our first episode, I believe you mentioned that.
1: Yeah. And uh, and so I've got I, – I, my wife and I figured out, and I ended up – Sublime is my 10th company. Yep.
2: And, <laughs> and if we recall, I've got a ways to go. Yeah. So I need to start failing more real soon. <laughs> no, no. no.
1: Well, well, see, you know, you can consider all of the ideas that you've done in your current business that have been failure products or failure yes. services. Those yep. – I, I would say those count.
2: Oh, yeah no that, that I, I there yes absolutely because we have um, you know we have a, a small portion well well okay for a long time um, about 50% of our revenues were 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 derived from website design mm-hmm We still do occasional web projects now, but it's nowhere near that much, Mm -hmm. you know? And I learned a lot. There was just a lot of stuff about that whole thing that I just really didn't care for, so we don't focus on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then uh, on top of that, we also, to complement that, we uh, spun up a business uh, doing web hosting. Mm -hmm. So we'd run that. You know, it's kind of... Kind of a pain, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, unless the business scales to such a point that you know you've got an army of of uh, tech monkeys running the you know the operation for you. That mm-hmm. that that's kind of a pain too. Um and so we you know we're re- revisiting a few different things but you know what we really like doing is like you know consulting services and you know projects and security work and stuff so mm-hmm. you know that's the the thing but yeah you could probably throw in about three or four different sub business failures
1: in mm-hmm.
2: in my current enterprise. Uh, I would go along with that so that would that would put me at about maybe six you you
1: you, I'm sure you've read the book who moved the cheese or who moved my cheese yeah Yeah. Yeah. so so that falls right into that it's like the thing the cheese is moved it's time to do something else Oh, and you know what?
2: the best part about the whole co- coffee shop, right? Essentially a retail space or a food service space in a small, sleepy little town. What's that? I had I had made that exact same mistake about uh, 12, 14 years prior when I opened a uh, computer store. Ah. We had a retail <laughs> storefront there to sell computers on mm-hmm. top of things. And again, it's just... Not the business I wanted to be in. You know, I didn't want to have to show up every single day and, you know, stand there and wait for people to come in. And I didn't know anything about sales or marketing at that. I just figured, you know, I'd hang a shingle and business will just walk in the door. (laughs) So, yeah, I'd forgotten all about that one. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I've had had some failures. How about you?
1: Yes. Yeah, I've had, had my list of failures. You know, I did... Uh, well, Enet Admin was my very first company that I ever did. And that one was a failure uh, because of lack of information, really. Because um, I, 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 I could have gone into a more successful... I, I wasn't billing enough. I didn't know how to deal with insurance. I didn't know how to procure insurance. I didn't ask enough questions before I started out on that thing and Mm -hmm. and i even had a business plan but it just wasn't enough you know Mm -hmm. the and i'm sure you had a business plan for the coffee shop and you had it but it's like ask questions and then you got to ask some more and then when you're sick of asking questions you need to ask some more (laughs) keep talking (laughs) yeah i know everything there is to know about this peter uh no you don't (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> you think you do, but you yep. you really don't. Mm-hmm. So so Enet Admin, uh, it was an IT service company, but it really went down because of of the same thing. You know, I didn't I didn't have enough answers because um, I didn't know that I really needed an office manager. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew that by the time at the end of it, but it's like I couldn't afford it. My rates weren't high enough. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so it was a it was a, a little bit of a mess. Well, and- that's
2: where something like um, Profit First might help.
1: Right? Yeah.
2: The Profit First principles there mm-hmm. with the Mike McAlowitz book, which is really, you know, I can boil it down into a very short summary, you know, for <laughs> those of you who are too cheap to buy the book. <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> essentially, you got to establish everything ahead of time, establish what your operating costs are going to be, and then determine what your profit is going to be. And from there, you decide what you need to charge for your services and how much you need to be bringing in. What a novel idea.
1: Well, that was worth $17. <laughs> there you go. You can send that to me at BlurringTheLines.com. BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. <laughs> blurring podcast. Com. Podcast, blurring the lines podcast. Don't send it to
2: BlurringTheLines.com. That's some other dude who did not do a damn thing for you, dear listener.
1: Yeah. Send it to
2: me at blurring the lights podcast. Thank you.
1: Uh-huh. And then I did a, uh, I did another one. I did uh, creationsportrait.com. That was uh, I do amateur photography, and that was me taking a bunch of pictures and then posting them online, and you could buy them at sizes and whatever. And I, I really don't know that one. Ne- that one just never, uh, never got off the ground. You know, it didn't. <laughs> it, some if, other people do that, don't they? Yeah, yeah. There's lots of people who do that, but this was. Uh, Oh shoot! This was in 2003. I mean, there were a lot of there were people in that market at that sure. time, but it's not nearly as as big as it is now. Right. And then I got in with a company called AdQ, and we were way ahead of our time. Uh, we were doing advertisement on um, flat screen monitors in 2000 so 2000 2001 we were we would get an 18-inch LCD for eighteen hundred (laughs) dollars for the monitor and then we would post that flat screen up and back end it with a computer and run advertisement on it so it was it was so far ahead of its time that we couldn't we had a hard time selling it and then then once we actually did sell it a couple times the guys who I got involved with had already been involved with another company named AdQ spelled mm. differently by one letter. Mm. <laughs> and they wow. were and they were doing the same thing and we got a cease and desist letter. Ooh. <laughs> and I got a, I asked the guys I was like why didn't you change the name completely? I mean, you can do the same thing as somebody else. <laughs> Just don't call your... Uh, I'm Microsoft with two Fs. <laughs> I sell operating systems.
2: <laughs> oh, I thought it was micro... You know, M-I-C-R-O-S-O-P-H-T.
1: Yeah, there you go. Microsoft. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so that one wasn't necessarily my failure, but it was a... I didn't have the information. I didn't ask... Who their other partners were before, you know, and what what happened to be the name of that company? Because I could have done some research on it. Wait a minute, you named it AdQ as well, as mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> So so that one was uh, you know, really just poor information. And then uh, AdamKBellEngineering.com. That one didn't last very long. That was uh, me doing IT work again, but it was short lived because I was like. I can never sell this company, because who's <laughs> going you know, yeah, yeah, Well,
2: yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I, I think Ross Perot might be able to find a buyer for Perot Systems.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But, uh, you know, I I'll have to say. little consulting,
2: I mean, I think there's possible. That, that, that shouldn't have held you back.
1: Yeah. But that one, I, I just I started another company and let that one just go. So, but yeah, I mean, it seems like really the lack of information, spend the time. And I don't know, um, starting a business is a big old hassle and you don't, there's not a place, there is, there's places, there's plenty of places on the internet to get it. But you know, in Tennessee, you don't know all the taxes that you got to pay, you know, kind of like the fire marshal that there's one you ought to be able to go somewhere and this is you know a business or i don't know a governmental you know they should help Mm -hmm. i sign at some place wherever the place is that you register a business you Mm -hmm. ought to get a little something that says oh you're an it service company most it service companies have to Charge sales tax. Sales right. tax. They have to charge this. They have to do this. That you should find out for yourself. But uh, yeah. most, you know, you you never know it till till you there's, get the fee. Yeah,
2: <laughs> there's a lot of that too, though, because because a lot of people just don't do any sort of due diligence. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know, for instance, that another coffee shop that had opened up a couple years before me in the next town over. Never filed for their. Uh, never filed any rooms and meals taxes.
1: Oh, go well. ahead. Never
2: collected it. Oh, I'm- nobody ever told us we needed to do that. <laughs> well, as they say, ignorance is no excuse for uh, you know not complying with the law. So yeah. that didn't didn't go over very well for them. But um, I do know, like for instance, when I opened up the coffee shop, they said uh, that is I, I approached first. I think it was the. Um, the state uh, for the health inspection, I forget which department it was, but Mm -hmm. uh, they said, oh, okay, so as soon as we got that, uh, we will now notify things like fire safety. And so among some departments, there is a little bit of communication there where they say, you know, okay, we'll now tell these people and... Then they can, you know, come and jump down your throat, <laughs> complain <laughs> about all the things that you need to do.
1: Yeah.
2: So, um, but there, you know, there's a lot. But yeah, it would be nice. I mean, if you go to, say, um, the Small Business Administration, a local mm. local a local office of that, they generally will help you with this sort of thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm acquainted with the number. I mean, but then you you come up with other issues like I have, like. Um, In uh, Massachusetts, for instance, uh, cloud services are not taxable. Mm -hmm. In Vermont, uh, they were trying to make up their mind on that. And the advice from the tax department was, well, just collect taxes and, and pay as if it was. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: like, Excuse me? No, I am not going to just collect taxes on on a whim, you know, and, and just send you extra money because you feel like it. I was Like no. So what,
1: they do that. Yeah. They do that here too. They mm-hmm. it except uh, you get if you collect sales tax and you weren't supposed to, mm. you can get in trouble for yeah. it. You think? <laughs> But
2: they don't care about that, you know. As long as they're getting their extra money, who cares? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that mm-hmm. was that was kind of uh, an interesting uh, uh, discussion I had with the tax people. <laughs> so so,
1: so so the good thing here, uh, the the silver lining is that, that we both learned from these failures, mm-hmm. and and kept on going. We didn't quit and say, "I'm just going to get a job." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i'm
2: out of here <laughs> shelf replenishment engineering position down at Seven Eleven. 11
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i mean i wouldn't say that we've hit thomas edison level where you make ten thousand failed light bulbs to make one you know right. but
2: <laughs> no no but that's the truth though is failure really you know i do believe now i, I used to hate it but i believe now that you know failure is when you make that's when you learn the best, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause when you make a big mistake, you are generally less likely to repeat it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And again, you know, you mentioned Edison and the other, um, anecdotal stories, uh, that of Thomas Watson jr. Who was the head of IBM. Yeah. And as the story goes, I don't remember, you know, like one of his—he called in one of his senior VPs who had really just botched a big project. Mm -hmm. And you know, depending on who you ask, you know, he lost a half a million dollars or ten million dollars or whatever stuff. But he brought the guy in, and uh, you know, his words to uh, Watson were, "Well, I guess you brought me here to fire me." And he (laughs) said, "Fire you? I just spent." X million dollars educating you. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're mm-hmm. worth too much to me now. Exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about your next project. You know? Yeah. So, you know, and I've tried to, to, to follow that with my staff when they make mistakes and I say, okay, now, uh, usually it's been, you know, like, now do you understand why I said, you know, we don't do that?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> now you understand why I said, do this first and then do that, you know, so... So I try to uh, try to follow in Watson's uh, footsteps as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. I don't know how true the story is or what elements are, but I thought it was valuable. And uh, the another thing they say uh, in jiu-jitsu, which I practice sometimes as, you know, part of Krav Maga, uh, they say in you don't lose in jiu-jitsu. The, the saying in jiu-jitsu is you win some, you learn some. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a good one.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, I know. I mean, there's a ton of different times. I go into a match. It Usually with the guys that I'm training with, they're practicing a lot more ground fighting than I am. Mm-hmm. So I go in fully not expecting to get a submission. <laughs> I fully expect that I am going to be the one tapping and saying, yep, yep, you got me. Okay, you know, good. <laughs> And then I try to figure out, all right, what did I do? And I, unlike uh, some of the guys in my class, though, like, my teacher will open up and, um, you know, like we we do, you generally start in in our school, you start on the ground. Mm-hmm. So either both of you can be like squatting down or kneeling. Uh, but there's also this uh, pose, it's kind of like butterfly pose, where you just sit on the floor, you know, like kind of with your feet together or your feet in front of you, you know, so you're just like sitting on your butt as opposed to being up on your knees. Mm-hmm. And I tried a bunch of different ways, and I could never get by my teacher because he loves to open with that position. And finally, I just said, "I was like, all right, Mike, what am I supposed to do here? Because yeah. you know, you got you no know, leverage, you got nothing. There's, 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 no pride here. I mean, I obviously don't know, but what I'm trying is not working. Well, what do I do? <laughs> you know? And um, and he is like, well, you know, you could try this or you could try this, and he gave me a couple of suggestions. Like, all right, so I tried, and you know. I was able to bypass that opening position that he had. Of course, he you know he, he tapped me right out in you know a few minutes or a few, you know several <laughs> seconds after that it wasn't yeah. really long, but at least I made some progress. I was able to get a little <laughs> bit further down the road, and I thought that was great. And you know that he's willing to discuss that with me and tell mm-hmm. me, okay, well here's the mistake you're making and here's why.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that was a nice refreshing change from uh, my previous grappling arts where the you know. The, the the practice was generally like you're doing wrong nope that's wrong you nope.
1: suck yeah
2: <laughs> to the to the to that extent not not quite but yeah. to that effect yeah it was all, it was a lot of that nope you're doing it wrong I'm like okay what am I supposed to do I don't understand and, you know so <laughs> having a coach is, is very uh, 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 you know someone who's actually coaching you mm-hmm. is a is a good thing oh yeah and, you know and sometimes people need business coaches I guess
1: yeah. Well, and you know, this business, you know, I brought I have two mentors that I talk <laughs> to. I mean, they're not they're not very involved with me all the time now, but before right. I kicked off into it, I said, "Hey, I would like to bounce some questions off you when I get to certain points. Is that okay?" And, you know, I I think that that's part of the learning from my previous failures too that has been very helpful, just having mm-hmm. somebody who's been there and done that. And they're Yeah. One of them's retired and one of them's like 10 years older than me. So he's still working, but he's further down the road. So,
2: Asking for help is a good thing, you Mm -hmm. know? And then knowing, you know, then the hard part I've also found too, and again, I don't want to go on too long about this because I could philosophize for a long time. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: But, um, you know, there's a lot of advice. And one thing that I have noticed is like with very few exceptions there are not always right answers. Yeah, there are multiple ways to do things. I mean, you and I subscribed to a marketing, um, you know, training program where there was a very, very, very heavy emphasis on managed IT services. Mm-hmm. Right now, that wasn't the only thing. And the the person who's running the show there would said, well, you know, I could sell break fix also. I could do this. I could do that. But it seemed like. To me, you know, I'd say 80% of the time I was, you know, focusing on managed services, managed services, managed services. Yeah. So that got me thinking, well, that, that's that got to be the way I've got to do it. That's the way everyone's doing it. <laughs> but, you know, no, they they really don't. And mm-hmm. uh, so th- there's a lot of different things where, you know, if it's not perfect for you, th- there might be a reason. Yeah. And, and I think that's the hardest part is like trying to figure out which you know what is it is that is it, am i doing the right thing right now i don't know mm-hmm. um but you you kind of learn those from these mistakes and uh you know hopefully you have the opportunity to learn from these mistakes <laughs> yeah. and then maybe you can figure out what really is best for you and you know what's what's not going to work so mm-hmm.
1: okay well, I, I think that kind of wraps up the uh, topic of failure and our businesses and the the personal growth as a result <laughs> There you go. And entrepreneurial growth, really. I mean, so it's both. We get they're one at the same. Get a good piece of humble pie from time to time. That's uh, a <laughs> that's okay. A piece, a piece? Dude, Some days I feel like I ate the whole pie, <laughs> <laughs> and got hit with the roller. Huh? Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. Ow. laughs> all right. So Peter, I'm going to move on to uh, our our nifty topic of the day, mm-hmm. and. It's 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 really a nifty topic of of yesterday. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, is, so it is, and it's still going. And and that is the the Linksys WRT54GL, which is uh, is an old school wireless router. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, what's funny is I I've uh, I kind of like it more than most people and it's got its drawbacks you know it doesn't have enough buffer ram so the thing's got to restart uh you know it's not the fastest 50 meg is fastest throughput you're going to get through that thing except if you're on the land you can get a hundred meg <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so it's definitely got its limitations but i got a note, or i got a article today it was actually written in on july 5th it was Uh, a few days ago uh well more than a few days but it's got a cult following and i did not know there would be such a thing as a cult following in a uh in a linksys router i know
2: (laughs) following of a yeah a little blue box router that you could pick up
1: yeah well you know it's funny because i kind of i i didn't i just thought i wasn't cool because i still like those things Mm-hmm. And you know i've got I've got three of them and I've got two of them actually in use and I got a spare and the spare is in case they, stop making them <laughs> i still <Right>. got one
2: <laughs> now what we should we should say for a second so so what what adam is describing if if you go down to best buy or staples or fries or wherever you you know retail can buy retail computer equipment um in the section where they have networking things this is the the router uh the model he's describing is a wireless router so it acts as a wireless access point as well as the, the gateway for your internet, usually, you know, meant for a home environment. So the idea is this is the device that gets you online and gets you connected up to the internet. And what's nice about it, when you own your own equipment, as opposed to using the usual piece of junk that your internet provider gives you because those tend to be the worst because they tend to be the cheapest Mm -hmm. Um, you have total control when you bring your own equipment and that can be very nice now what's cool about this is and i don't know that the following is so much for the the wrt you know 54gl uh box itself or not but what's uh, what, What's really attractive to me is the software that you can run on it. hmm And what's cool about it, what separates this from the other, you know, blue box routers or whatnot that you find down there, and we're talking about things from Linksys, Belkin, Netgear, SMC, D-Link, Acton, and a, a bunch of others, you know, like generally in the industry regarded as second or third tier players. hmm What's different about the thing that makes it special is you can upgrade the firmware or the software, the operating system that runs on this device. Mm-hmm. Now, if any of you have ever had to configure your own home router before, or you know, in general, most things like uh, via a web browser. So, if you've had to configure a piece of hardware via a web browser, whether it was a piece of networking gear or a printer. Or, you know, these days, who knows, a smart light bulb or something. (laughs) A lot of the interfaces, the web interfaces on these things are just garbage. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: You know, they're not intuitive. They look like they were coded by some guy, you know, by hand in 1996. (laughs) And they're hard to navigate. And what's worse is the software that drives a lot of these things, it's terribly unstable. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, you know, like have to reboot their home routers All the time, you know, Mm -hmm. like once a week or so, or maybe once a day or every now and then we just have to reboot it. And when you upgrade to a decent software operating system, like in, for instance, uh, the the most popular ones that you have uh, for the one you're describing now are Tomato or OpenWRT or DDWRT. Those are Mm -hmm. just the names three essentially three linux distributions made just for running these routing software uh, routing uh, devices if you upgrade to those you get amazing stability you get a super amazing set of features crammed into this tiny little device that you'd pay you know i don't know what they cost nowadays but you know you can buy a 50 dollar router mm-hmm. and and run these programs on it and they're great they offer Similar features, not always the same, uh, you know, but similar to uh, corporate devices that we spend thousands of dollars on,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: you know, so they're pretty cool as far as the features they give you. And it's it's hard. I'm trying to think of like a a real world analogy, but it's it's kind of like you you go down to the store and you buy a television and they tell you, yeah, it comes with, uh, you know, the three major networks over the air. And then you get home, and you find out by installing the software on it, you get 57 channels on top of that. Yeah. And you didn't have to pay for it, and it's completely legal. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So when you put it like that, it's like, well, hell, why would I not want to do this? So That's the way I take it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and well, and you're talking about the distribution. Well, in the in the title, the L at the L. end of that's for the Linux. Yeah. Uh, and you already mentioned that those are Linux distributions that are very stable. Uh, I use Tomato. Uh, okay. Not that I have anything over the others. Once I learned one of those distributions, I just stuck to it. The Tomato, yeah. he stopped he stopped developing that a long time ago. So the DDRT is still still being actively developed so really if i wanted to keep up with it i'd probably go that route but i like the tomato and nobody said hey there's this gaping hole in the tomato (laughs) os that i can get into at least they're not admitting to it right now
2: yeah (laughs) Uh, for something like your router i would definitely recommend a current Thing,
1: mm-hmm. and,
2: you know, and that's one of the things that's different between this and the, you know, the multi-thousand-dollar, you know, corporate ones that we use and distribute and carry and support is you often get services with those devices. Oh yeah. So you may get content filtering services and antivirus and security services and technical support on you know, a lot of things that nobody can afford to provide for you know fifty nine dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so there is, you know, there's something to be said. That that said, you know, for your home, oh, DDWRT is wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's great. I love it. I use it all. The, I used to use it all the time. Now, I you know, I use the commercial Sophos stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I never actually played with OpenWRT, Open WRT, OpenWrt, but apparently, DDWRT, I believe, is based on that. But it's like a GUI slapped on top of it, so okay. a graphical interface. OpenWrt, as I've been told, I think is all command line driven.
1: Yeah. Well, and a the buddy of mine, uh, he he's been writing a bunch of Linux code, and you know, he wrote he wrote SSH scripts for his his Tomato router so that he could establish VPN tunnels. And mm-hmm. it, it, of course, it was a whole lot of hard work that nobody, yeah. no no normal person would do, but he was able to get it to do what he wanted to do. I mean. Or you can install LogBn in two minutes and be done. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, now, there's a
2: lot of there's a lot of cool stuff that they <laughs> that they pack into those um, those distributions. And again, it's free. Mm-hmm. You know, it's completely free, and you know the license agreement says here, take this. So yeah, I know that there have been some manufacturers who are working on actually including that distribution. But I, I can't imagine why they wouldn't, you know, it's, yeah. like it's, it's, it's really good stuff compared to the, the junk that they're usually spewing out <laughs> <So>.
1: <laughs> a little off. Well, on topic, but off topic, I've, I've bricked some, uh, routers with DDRT <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm like, and I told him I had time it was a client router too. I told him, I said, well, it's not working great now. And I'm gonna try this, but it may be completely non-functional <laughs> when we get done. And uh, it it was. Did
2: you did you have them sign off on that in writing before you did that?
1: Uh, well, you know, it was it was a verbal contract. Uh-huh, okay, got, it, got <laughs> For, it. Fortunately, you know, it was like a sixty-dollar router, and we had a spare, but it's like, yeah, <laughs> we'll give it a try. Yep. I'm going to th- throw this away now. <laughs> cheap mistake. That was a cheap mistake. <laughs> Done. Done. What's so, oh, up? Well, I think that that wraps us up, unless you've got any uh, anything else you want to hit on that. And then um, if you want to leave us some feedback, you can do so on the Talking website. Talking to me? Uh, no, no, our audience. <laughs> <laughs> if I want to leave you feedback, I'll just tell you. I don't need to go to our yeah, website. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you could take it offline, I'm sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, so if, uh, if our audience wants to leave feedback, you can do that at uh, blurringthelinespodcast.com. Uh, That's we would love yeah, to hear from you. Part. Yeah, don't know. Forget the podcast. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you and if uh, there's things that you'd like to hear about, we'd uh, we'll work them in.
0: I think that's it for today, Peter. I'm with you. Have a good one. Thanks, you too. To contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.